the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starks. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Well, hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Starks Radio Program. Good to have you with us today and hope you had a good weekend. As you can tell, a little under the weather. It was coming on last week. But uh, through the grace of the good Lord and some NyQuil, or DayQuil, as the case may be, we're going to get through today's show. Well, we've got a lot happening, ladies and gentlemen, and a lot to get to. A lot of breaking news today, and uh, one of the more uh, concerning issues happens to be on our nation's highways and byways and our nation's nation's air industry. Now... um, Over the last, I don't know, hour or so, we've been getting some uh, new information in uh, to the news bunker about what's happening right now in New York City, where the nation's largest city has been effectively shut down by pro-Hamas goons, by pro-Hamas crowds. Um, These uh, crowds, by the hundreds, have literally shut down every entrance into New York City. Every bridge, every tunnel has been shut down by the pro-Hamas mob. Now, this has been happening at uh, in major cities all over America. Uh, this is happening in uh, this happened in Seattle over the weekend. As a matter of fact, the police wanted to go in and the police wanted to intervene. But what happened? Well, uh, the the reporting is locally in Seattle that the mayor told the police department to stand down. The mayor told the police they were not allowed to stop the protesters. They were not allowed to arrest the protesters. But the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, it is legal to protest here in the United States of America. You do need a permit, but you are not allowed under any circumstances to protest on a roadway. You you are not allowed to disrupt the flow of traffic. That is a crime. And for whatever reason, the mayor of Seattle and the mayor may be anti-Jewish, I don't know. But for whatever reason, the mayor of Seattle said, we're going to make the people of Seattle suffer. So we're going to allow the pro-Hamas mobs to shut down our our roadways, our interstates. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not just happenstance. This is happening all all over the nation, all over the nation. So it's not just coincidental. This is all part of an organized, coordinated plot. And I can tell you that because of something I noticed yesterday as I was driving through Memphis, which, again, is not New York City, it's not Chicago, it's not Los Angeles. So this was a bit surprising, and it caught my attention. I was driving through um, along Interstate I-240 near the airport, and I noticed great big billboards have been erected. 
And the billboards are pro-Palestinian billboards. So they are spreading the pro-Palestinian message. And then I noticed something else, that the the logos and, and down to the font that was used in the billboard advertisements, the same sort of graphics and design and imaging and branding that we are seeing in places like New York City today at this hour where tens of thousands of law-abiding taxpayers are stuck in their cars, not able to get to their job site because of these pro-Hamas, anti-Jewish domestic terrorists. And at this point, I'm very comfortable calling these people domestic terrorists because that's what they're doing. They're trying to instill fear and terror into the American people. Also over the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, the National Cemetery in Los Angeles, home to some 85,000 military veterans, was desecrated, again, by pro-Hamas goons. While the goons were shutting down traffic, other goons were coming in, and they were desecrating the grave sites of our brave fighting men and women. So here's my thought on this, and I'd like to get your, your take as well, and Today, more so than more so than other days here on the program, we will be relying on your calls to protect the docile tones, formerly baritone, now bass, of your host who is um, suffering from some sort of a throat illness. Our telephone number, 901-260-5926. Again, that's 901-260-5926. But here's my take. Every person who is out there protesting, and they are not a law-abiding American citizen. They're not an American citizen. Maybe they're an illegal, or maybe they're here on a green card, or maybe they're they're just here illegal. All of them ought to be deported to Gaza. I just you book a flight and send them over to Gaza, every single one of them. You're going to desecrate the graves of our brave American fighting men and women. You don't deserve to to be here in this country. So I say... Goodbye, you're done, see you later. By the way, another story, and speaking of and, and, and the transportation industry in this nation, ladies and gentlemen, in the throes of chaos, did you see the videos of the plane, the uh, Alaska Airlines plane? Fascinating story. On a flight from Portland to Ontario, California, flying to that airport quite a bit, actually. And but what about 20 minutes after takeoff, the um, you you had a situation where they they originally told us the window blew out. Well, once people started sharing photographs, we knew that's not what happened at all. The entire emergency door exit blew out. It's gone. They're finding bits and pieces of it all over Portland right now. And by the grace of God, there was nobody in that aisle, or there was nobody at least in the window seat. Uh, because they would have been sucked right out of that airplane. When you you see the damage that was done, I mean, people were they say people were were on their text on their cell phones, and the cell phones got sucked right out of their 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 hands and uh, blown out of the airplane. They said a child had a shirt on, and the shirt just was ripped off the child. As a matter of fact, there's new reporting that one of the co-pilots uh, of the plane had his headset blown off, and he was in the cockpit. And by the way, they're finding the cell phones. Some of them are still actually working, right? They're, people are finding cell phones of passengers all over the, just all over the place. You hope they can return them to, you know, hopefully they've got their password protected. So anyway, 
uh, they've got the black box, you know, because the black box survives everything, right? So your plane just nosedives into the ground. The black box would still survive the crash. So they've got the black boxes, and they get them to Washington, D.C. And something very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, they something happened, and they, for, they forgot to turn off the black box. Anyway, there's no data. All of the data on the black boxes has been erased. So that, that doesn't happen. So clearly something happened on the plane they don't want you to know about. That That's never happened before. In, in the most violent of airplane crashes, the black box always survives. But here's my question, and I raised this on social media last night. And a lot of people were giving me a hard time about this, but I'm just going to posit this theory. This was a brand-new Boeing 737. A brand new plane. There's no reason this should have happened. None whatsoever. As a matter of fact, Boeing and the 737s, they've been having a big problem with these planes literally falling out of the sky and crashing. It's happening in other countries, not here in the United States. But what I find fascinating about all of this, I did a little research over the weekend, and it turns out that Boeing has a diversity, equity, and inclusion division. So one of the the largest air manufacturing companies in America, they they make the airplanes and the jets, and they've got the government contracts. So they actually have an entire division that is dedicated to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I just want to posit this theory out there. Is it possible? Is it possible that the people responsible for building the Alaska Airlines jet that nearly disintegrated over Portland, Oregon? Is it possible that those were DEI hires? Is that remotely possible? So I received a message from just right before the show started from somebody who actually works at a Boeing facility in Wichita, Kansas. And this individual is an employee there. He said, Todd, you can't share my name, but you need to understand you don't realize how true your statement was. He said that it is insane right now, the number of people who are running around on the job, they're doing drugs, they're they're getting high on marijuana, uh, the whole nine yards, he says. It's just unbelievable. He says you would not believe the, 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 the lack of knowledge and intelligence and ability of a lot of the people that are working at Boeing, building the planes that get you back to grandma's house over the holidays. Is that not a sobering thought, ladies and gentlemen? That here we are, the greatest country on the face of the planet. Our education system has been decimated. And ultimately, and and we learned this from what, what happened at Harvard, is that ultimately the best people for the jobs are not being hired. They're being ignored. And instead, they're putting in a diversity hire. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, having that, that doesn't mean I'm a racist. I'm just telling you I'm with the best person for the job there. Whether that person is black, white, doesn't matter to me. Asian American, doesn't matter to me. As long as they can figure out what's wrong and fix the problem, I say go with that person. But it does make you wonder if we're going to start seeing more of these kinds of incidents because these companies have decided, you know what, we don't want the best and the brightest. We've got to have a diversity hire. 
Our telephone number is 844-747-8868. Again, our telephone number, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. MyPillow is celebrating its 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold. Mike Lindell at MyPillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in the history of MyPillow. You're going to get their queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more, you're going to be able to get a king-size pillow. You're going to receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products like bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing Amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to mypello.com slash starns. That's mypello.com slash starns. Use the promo code starns to get this amazing offer of the queen size mypello for $19.98 or call 1 800 839 8506. The offer comes with a 10 year warranty and a 60 day money back guarantee. That's mypello.com slash starns. Use the promo code starns or call 800 839 8506. Promo code starns. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. A little under the weather today, everybody, uh, so bear with me. And apparently, I've got a brain fog because I gave out the wrong telephone number. So my apologies. Uh, here is the correct number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926 if you want to call into the program today. And again, my apologies about the voice. Um, we are, I, I'm working on it, and... Well, we may have to make it through with some apple brandy by the end of the show. You, you just never know how this is all going to go down. All right, so again, our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. The other big story we've been following, aside from these mobs shutting down the roadways all over America, is something's going on at the Pentagon and you had the defense secretary over the weekend. We all learned that he's been in the intensive care unit at Walter Reed National Medical Center uh, there in the D.C. area. He um, had some sort of an elective procedure on December 22nd, uh, then had some sort of a serious side effect. And the guy's been in ICU since New Year's Day. And nobody knew about it, not even the president of the United States. By the way, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, said even he was not made aware. Cut number nine. With uh, regard to uh, Secretary Austin, um, I wasn't aware of his um, uh, medical issue. Uh, in fact, I, I talked to, to Lloyd last weekend uh, before this incident, um, and I know that he's put out a statement addressing it. Well, right, and, and Austin is really not apologizing for anything, but it doesn't matter. How is it? that you had the United States military on the verge of multiple wars. And right now you have military personnel within the Middle East war zone, and you've got a secretary of the defense who is MIA. He is in the hospital, and not even the president of the United States knew about all of this. So Donald Trump says the guy's got to be fired. Uh, KJP says... Biden still has confidence in Austin. Cut 13. Should the American people have confidence in Austin given his lack of transparency? And then also, do the American people need to be concerned about a lack of transparency for the president given this lapse? 
So I want to go back to Austin's statement um, a couple of days ago where he has um, taken responsibility. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's important. So I would point you to that. And I will just reiterate that the president uh, has complete confidence, continues to have confidence in Secretary's off, uh, in Secretary Austin. And, and um, as the Admiral just stated, I think the number one thing right now is for him, uh, we want to see him back at the Pentagon, get well and back at the Pentagon. And I'll just add one more thing, is that the President, uh, as we have uh, shared, the President uh, spoke to Austin, uh, Secretary Austin, uh, on Saturday. They had a very good conversation. And, and again, you know, the President appreciate uh, Austin's statement uh, and taking full responsibility here. And I think that's what that's what matters, is him getting back to, to the Pentagon and taking full responsibility. What in the world is this woman even talking about? This is not about taking full responsibility. You, It was the, the lie of omission. How do you tell your staff, don't tell anybody, even the president, that I'm in the hospital? Now, John Kirby um, was also asked about this. He says that Biden respects uh, Lloyd Austin. Cut 14. There are some calls for him to be fired. Is that something that the president is wanting or considering doing? The president's number one focus is on his health and recovery, and he looks forward to having him back uh, at the Pentagon as soon as possible. Uh, the president uh, respects the fact that Secretary Austin took ownership for the lack of transparency. He also respects the amazing job he's done as defense secretary, and how he's handled multiple crises over the last almost three years now, um, and uh, very much values his uh, advice, candor, leadership, uh, and again, looks forward to having him back Senator in the Pentagon So Trump says that, that Austin's got to go. The, the, the Pentagon press corps and Barbara Starr, remember former CNN uh, uh, reporter for years, is, is just livid and says there's zero trust now in anything, anything that is coming out of Austin's um, Pentagon. But something is going on here, and my question is, what else are they keeping from Biden? And maybe the reason they did not tell Biden is because they actually told Obama. So maybe Obama knew about this because he's the guy pulling all the strings. But you can't tell me that the the, the Secretary of Defense is off the grid for almost, what, two weeks, and you're telling me nobody knew that there was a problem there? Come on. I want to go to Moorhead City, North Carolina. Clark, listening to us on um, the radio today, WSIC, our great affiliate there. Uh, Clark, what's on your mind? I wanted to comment on the uh, folks tearing up the, the graveyards uh, in there, tearing up headstones or whatever they was doing. Uh, ain't that, a, ain't that a, like a federal offense to do something like that? Well, if it's not, it should be. It should be, Clark. It should be. It should. It really should. I mean, these guys uh, died for our freedoms, and uh, and then they're going to let somebody like that go in there and just tear up stuff. I mean, you know, Donald Trump, you know, made the comment about uh, our borders and stuff, and said something about uh, some blood changing our blood and this and that. I can't remember exactly how he said it, but they blowed that out of proportion. These guys have really spilled their blood for us, and uh, you know, and uh, we need to we need to think like that. We need to protect what they're resting. Clark, I, I'm with you there. And, and again, what happened over the weekend in Los Angeles with the National Cemetery there being uh, desecrated? Every single person ought to be rounded up and shipped over to Gaza. You know what? You're done here. You don't get to live in America anymore.
All right, Clark, got to run. Appreciate that call. Uh, Again, our telephone number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. By the way, we have some of that video from New York City. All major roadways shut down into and out of the city. And at NYPD making dozens of arrests. Arrest, uh, by the way, charge them. Charge them all with uh, federal crimes. That's what I see. You're, you're blocking roads and bridges, yet you go to jail for a very long time. Uh, welcome back to the show. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901 901- Two six zero five nine two six. All right, uh, let's go to the phones here. Tony Hendersonville, North Carolina, listening to us on WHKP. All right, Tony, what's on your mind today? Well, uh, I guess about two months ago, I um, saw the Constitution on a friend's desk, and I'd never read it before, so I read it. And- uh, when I got down to at the very well within the first fifteen twenty pages to the uh, article four section four, it just startled me because it said that the federal government shall guarantee to every state protection from invasion, and if the state cannot handle domestic violence that the federal government also guarantees protection from domestic violence. And I've heard uh, several speakers on TV, I don't know that I've heard it on the radio, but several on TV um, mentioning the word invasion, that the southern border is being invaded. So I looked up uh, in the dictionary trying to figure out what uh, what they could mean by invasion. I mean, if anybody knows that if somebody comes down here with a, um, a regiment of Army guys... Well, Tony, they, they can talk about... They can argue semantics till, till the cows come home, but the fact of the matter is we've had millions of people invading this, this country. Was it an organized military in, in uniform? 
No, it was not to that extent. But I do believe there there is there is some sort of organization. There's a strategy here. I mean, certainly you have the communications apparatus in place that's moving the mobs from one country across Mexico, you know, into the United States. So, yeah, I'm with you. And and if you've listened to this radio program for any length of time, uh, we normally talk about Article Four, Section Four on a weekly basis on this program because, to your point, Tony. You're right. The federal government has to protect the states from invasion. They are required by the Constitution to do that. And if they do not, well, you know what? Sorry, folks. Uh, That means the states have to take care of business themselves. Now, Tony, my question to you, what do the border states need to do at this point? If the government's not going to do their job, what should the states do? Well, (laughs) I think uh, Governor Abbott is right in doing what he's doing. He may not have the uh, support of written law. Um, that's a may not have. He also may have. Um, it's, uh, well, it's, it seems to me, Tony, and I appreciate your call, Tony. Thank you for calling. It, it seems to me that Greg Abbott, if the federal government's not going to enforce the United States Constitution, then all bets are off. At that point, a state in the union has every right to do whatever is necessary to protect its people, period. And now you have Biden not only refusing to enforce Article 4, Section 4, you've got Biden now giving orders for the government to come in and tear down all of the protections that the state of Texas has enacted and installed to protect from the border invasion. The razor wire fence, it's been taken down. The big barriers and the barricades, they've been removed. So it seems to me that the state of Texas is technically in a state of war with the United States government. I mean, if you wanted to get into semantics here. But I'm telling you, folks, we are we are quickly approaching a day. And if, if Donald Trump is not reelected in 2024... I think we are heading to a time when you will have states really considering their options, especially if if the government's not going to step in and, and the Democrats are not going to step in, by the way, because they want the replacement voters. But if, if that happens, you're going to see more states looking at pulling out of the union. Uh, let's go to Memphis, Tennessee, KWAM, our great flagship station. Lee wants to talk about the Pentagon. Lee, what's on your mind? How are you doing today, Todd? Lee, do you really want to know? Because I'm a little under the weather today, my friend. You sound terrible. I sound terrible? Oh, jeez. Thanks, you, Lee. You just made me feel so much better. <laughs> uh, no, I just want to have a comment, though. Yeah. Uh, I got a little inside information on why Lloyd Austin was in the hospital. You know, I'm hearing uh, he had to go get a set of balls attached. Oh, so you're saying that he was emasculated and he was, uh, <laughs> oh, I see. I'm very clever. Um, Lee, in all seriousness, though, is it a concern to you that they kept this information from the president of the United Does that make even make any sense? Yeah, it uh it don't make no sense because, first of all, you know, there were some airstrikes going on during that time. Like, who ordered those? You know, I'm thinking, like, you know, they say Obama runs the White House now. So, I mean, this is a major thing. You know, I, I, I agree with Trump. He should be fired because, 
I mean, it's just it's unacceptable. You're right. It doesn't make any sense. And to me, the greater story is not necessarily the Secretary of Defense in the hospital, but that they were able to keep this from Joe Biden. And and in a time of, I mean, we're in a de facto time of war. Um, you, you don't want they don't. We're not in a declared war, but we are in in the middle of hostilities. So it does make you wonder who is really calling the shots here. Somebody knew, even if it wasn't Joe Biden. Yeah, it's, a, it's strange. It's just another one of uh, this administration's uh, screw ups. It just you know, and it just don't make no sense. I mean, it's, it's a lot, I'm at a loss for words now, but but yeah. Lee, this is very disturbing, and again, it goes back to, and and you mentioned this, it goes back to the question, exactly how involved is Barack Hussein Obama in the day-to-day affairs of what's happening in our in our government right now? So, Lee, appreciate that call, and uh, thank you for your medical, astute medical observation about Lloyd Austin. There is a clinical term for that, but uh, it's the lunch hour, so... We'll just leave that be. All right, 901-260-5926 is our number. That's 901-260-5926. Now, also, over the weekend, there was a big speech by President Biden. They are trying to make J6 the new Pearl Harbor Day. They want to they want to have an annual memorial uh, service an annual condemnation speech to remind people of what happened on J6. So Biden's out there, and he's delivering a very dangerous speech to the American people, a cut number 10. They weren't there to uphold the Constitution. They were there to destroy the Constitution. Trump won't do what an American president must do. He refuses to denounce political violence. So hear me clearly. I'll say what Donald Trump won't. Political violence is never, ever acceptable in the United States political system. Never, never, never. It has no place in a democracy. None. You can't be pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. Okay, so first of all, the lies being spewing out of that man's mouth are, are just indefensible and unforgivable. Biden... Biden is is doing this every year. This is the second time he's done this, folks. And what he's trying to do is smear every God-loving American patriot as some sort of an insurrectionist. Cut number 11. One desperate act available to him. The violence of January the 6th. And since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively, to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. What's Trump done? Instead of calling them criminals, he's called these these insurrectionists patriots. They're patriots. And he promised to pardon them if he returns to office. Trump said that there was a lot of love on January the 6th. The rest of the nation, including law enforcement, saw a lot of hate and violence. 
but it's not true. And and folks, this is a very dangerous path we're going down. All all Joe Biden was missing in that speech was the little short black mustache under his nose. Uh, this was a very Hitler-esque speech that Biden delivered. The only thing that was different was uh, we didn't have the blood red lighting in the background this go around. But it's going to get a lot uglier because now, and keep in mind, keep in mind, now you had all of these tens of thousands of Trump supporters who were peacefully there in Washington, D.C. for the president's address. Many of them were gathered outside and around the Capitol building. They never entered the building. They were just there. And so now the Biden administration says they are going to be going after those American citizens cut for. And what happened inside of the building? An important note when it comes to our prosecutions about those who remained outside the building. We have used our prosecutorial discretion to primarily focus on those who entered the building or those who engaged in violent or corrupt conduct on Capitol grounds. But if a person knowingly entered the restricted area without authorization, they had already committed a federal crime. Make no mistake, thousands of people occupied an area that they were not authorized to be present in in the first place. So now, ladies and gentlemen, and, and just hear me on this. Many of you, and, and I, I know many of you have reached out to me, and you said, Todd, I was there in Washington, D.C. I was outside the, the Capitol building, and we saw you know what all was happening. And by the way, an overwhelming majority of those people were protesting peacefully. And here's my argument, and this has been my argument from day one. We don't know what happened on that day because no one wants to be honest with us. No one wants to release all of the videos. Nobody wants to release all of the transcripts. And that tells me that there's politics going on here. From day one, I have said, anybody who went into that building and was told you cannot enter here, then guess what? You don't have a right to enter that building. And you ought to face whatever charges are coming your way. You went in there and you stole something out of Nancy Pelosi's office, you are you should be charged with a crime. You walk in there, and by the way, I believe in the sanctity I do believe in the sanctity of the of the United States Capitol. But if you were if you were invited in by the, the police officers, if the officers are moving aside the police barricades and welcoming you into the building, then you become a guest of the United States Capitol. And now the Department of, uh, of Justice is telling us that we're going to, we're going to be coming after you people. You may not have you were you may have just been on the street around the Capitol building. If you were there on J six, we're going to be coming after you. What they're doing is they're threatening you people. They don't want any Trump supporters going to the ballot box. They want you to hide in your home. They don't want you a part of the political process. This is what the Nazis did, ladies and gentlemen. This is what the Nazis did. So when you've got Biden out there saying, oh, Trump's a Nazi. No, Trump is not a Nazi, but your behavior is you're literally shutting down the democratic process, the political process. The Democrats literally are trying to have Trump removed from the ballot. They want to tell you who you can and cannot vote for. Better wake up, ladies and gentlemen. We are in a deep, dark time in this country. Our telephone number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. 
All right. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns radio program. Very honored to have you with us today. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen, dealing with this uh, this cold or whatever it is. We'll get through it. Um, by the way, just so you understand how serious of, of a situation we're talking about here, Lloyd Austin, number six in line for the, the presidency and the line of succession. Uh, but beyond that, we were in the we are in the middle of hostilities, and you cannot tell me that that Joe Biden did not know that he was that, that his own Secretary of Defense was in the hospital incapacitated. Uh, let's go to Jackson, Tennessee. Keith is listening to us on WTJS, our great affiliate there. Hi, Keith. What say you? Well, there's a good reason why the Secretary of Defense didn't tell. President Biden, a very good reason, because President Biden would have forgot it about an hour later. So why waste the time? Well, I mean, yeah, yes, <laughs> I suppose that's true. Um, yes. Uh, Keith, how, how big of a deal is it, though, that the, the the Pentagon seems to think they can go out and do really whatever they want to do without even telling the White House? I'd like to know what else they've been doing that Biden doesn't know about. Uh, a lot. I mean, uh, Biden is not exactly what you call in the know. Now, it is disturbing, and uh, the Secretary of Defense should resign. You know, he should realize, hey, I screwed up, you know, and just resign. But I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you're you're right about that, Keith. I'm with you a thousand percent. There's no way he's he's gone. But Biden ought to fire the guy. And not only that, the entire the entire um, staff, everybody in that upper echelon at the Pentagon needs to go. Everybody. And they've got to be replaced immediately. This is this is just bonkers crazy. By the way, Austin, uh, Secretary Austin has a security detail. Anybody bother to, to reach out and say, hey, what's going on here? Or, hey, heads up, we're taking the defense secretary to the hospital. Uh, this is insane. And especially since we're in the middle of military operations actions right now. Keith, appreciate that great call, and uh, thank you for listening. Let's go to Steve in Arkansas. Hey, Steve, what say you? Uh, you you asked a previous caller, I believe his name was Tony, uh, a while ago, what he thought Texas should do about the border. Uh, Texas, it was on the news for about a day. Back in December, Texas passed some new state laws about uh, the ill, making it illegal for the the people to cross the border. Now that there are Texas laws on the books, they shouldn't go after those illegals. I mean, that's a little bit too big for Texas to bite off, but they can go down there and start arresting Border Patrol agents, Homeland Security people, anybody connected with the federal government that is aiding and abetting. Steve. Those laws on the books, those people are human traffickers and smugglers, and and you run it just like you do a drug operation. Steve, I think that's a great idea, a, a really terrific idea. And, and you're right. I mean, at the moment, the moment those agents went down there and they cut through the razor wire, the criminal act had occurred. Steve, appreciate that call. Steve says Texas ought to go in, start arresting federal agents. It's a brilliant idea because we have brilliant listeners. All right, hang tight, everybody. 901-260-5926. We'll be right back, America.
from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starks. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Very happy to have you with us today. You know, we were joking around last week. Went to went to the doctor, got the physical, and by the way, all the all the parts are in working order. Everything doing great. Doctor says you're healthy as a horse. And then he says, Have you got your flu shot? I said, Yes, Doc, I think I got my flu shot. He says, No, you're lying to me. I'm your doctor. I know you haven't got the flu shot. I've got your records here. So I have to stick out my arm. He pokes me with the flu shot. He says, have you got your shingle shot? I said, yes, doc, I got the shingle shot. I, I hate shots. He said, Todd, do you lie? Like, uh, Yes, when it comes to shots, I lie. I'm a human. I'm a man. What do you want me to do? Saved by grace. I'm a Baptist. And then the doctor says, well, of course you haven't got your shingle shot. I'm your doctor. I know I've got the records here. Stop lying. So I had to stick my other arm out. Well, I'll be doggone if I if I haven't come down with the flu or something very similar to it. Anyway, I'm struggling today, ladies and gentlemen. We, we, we took you all through the week, and you could tell something was not right. So my apologies for the little frogginess. We're going to get through it today. Um, and if my voice gets any deeper, Dylan, we're going to we're going to switch to music, and we're going to play Chicago and Barry White baby making music, as they call it. Oh, baby, my baby. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. All that to say, welcome to the show. Our poor next guest is like, oh, Lord, I should have canceled. Uh, our good friend, Congressman Bob Good. he is the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus and uh, very new to that position, and we're excited to have him in that chair. Congressman, hope you're doing well today. Great, Todd. Great to be with you. Sorry, you're not here and do, you're not doing as well, but I don't have any excuse. I'm just in a fog just because I'm in fog. It's nothing to do with any medical reasons. Oh, Congressman, we have so much to talk about. And uh, the the breaking news, apparently, uh, Biden is not going to um, ask for the resignation, nor will he fire the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin. Uh, the reporting is he's been in the hospital. What He was hospitalized December 22nd, and uh, then something happened. And since New Year's Day, the guy's been in ICU. Uh, and, and we're being told that the administration, the White House, had no idea. That is a pretty incredible development. You, you could argue that this entire administration should go AWOL and be MIA, and then the country would be better off if they had done absolutely nothing. You know, if they had all had done that three years ago, we'd still be, we'd still have a secure border. We'd still have uh, uh, energy independence. We'd still uh, have inflation that was manageable. We'd have interest rates that were manageable. So many things would be better for this country. The military wouldn't be in such disrepair and. Uh, and, and, and be diminished to the degree that it has been under this administration. So you could certainly argue that we'd be better off if they, they were not present and accounted for. Uh, but what a dereliction of duty and responsibility, violation of chain of command, it would seem uh, to not even notify the commander in chief or apparently the person who would be acting in charge in his absence didn't know either. Uh, really incredible. Do Do you really believe that the administration didn't know because that, that to me is is the the bigger story here not that that austin was in icu and nobody knew but they kept that information away from biden i'm wondering what other information they kept from biden well it certainly wouldn't be hard to imagine that uh, individuals in his cabinet or in his uh in his department heads or or his staff might not feel a need to tell him certain things 
uh, in terms of you know, his diminished capacity and his diminished ability to, uh, you know, handle even a full schedule or to, you know, get through a speech or to get off a stage for that matter, uh, that it wouldn't be a surprise to hear that perhaps they were withholding information from him. And that's certainly not. But the problem is, obviously, we've got a president who uh, is not up to the job. Obviously, the American people see that. The American people know that he wasn't up to the job when he got elected three years ago. He certainly is. Uh, even less equipped or capable today than he was three years ago. Well, well, I appreciate you weighing in on on that uh, sort of breaking news item there. Uh, the, the reason we wanted you to come on today is to talk about this crazy spending bill. I know that uh, you guys put out a statement over the weekend uh, calling this deal, I guess, that's been struck between Speaker Johnson and the Democrats as a total failure. It is. Uh, it is a failure. Unfortunately, it is more of the same. There's two components to spending. One, how much you spend and where you get the money to spend what you spend. In this case, we're borrowing all of it. We don't have the money, so we're being derelict in terms of our responsibility to protect the nation's finances by continuing to deficit spend. And this essentially increases spending by about $20 billion over last year's omnibus that we all railed against, the Pelosi-Schumer-Biden omnibus from a year ago. This is essentially $20 billion higher, true programmatic spending increase year over year. So one is the financial component of it, which is obviously extremely important, especially when you've got a, a $200 billion monthly deficit. Secondly, there's the policies. What are you spending the money on? What are you doing with the money that's that's spent or or invested or allocated or, or what have you, what, what, what policy objectives and what, are you, what, what priorities are you advancing with those? And in this case, we have the policies in place now are from the previous two years when the Democrats had total control, Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, trifecta. And we have had opportunities this year, uh, since the Republicans were given control of Congress a little over a year ago, to implement policy change or to effectuate policy change. And one of the reasons why I voted against the NDAA uh, back in December was because it didn't implement the policy changes that we had fought for as Republicans in our bills. Same is true here in the sense that this condition to this conditional, this increase of spending agreement, the spending agreement to increase by about 20 billion year over year does not with it include policy changes. And so we're supposed to just believe and trust that somehow Republicans will demonstrate new, previously demonstrated resolve, new unfound resolve uh, to go into the negotiations on the policies or what are called policy riders when you change policy. And somehow we'll we'll summon this uh, unbeforeseen courage and strength uh, to fight. But when you fear the consequences of not making a deal greater than your opponent or your adversary, your competitor, fears the consequence of not making a deal. You are doomed to lose. You are doomed to failure in the deal. It's as simple as if you and I are trying to buy or sell a car from one another. We're in a transaction here. If one of us wants to buy or sell it much more than the other, and one of us is unwilling to walk away from the deal, then the other person is going to win, obviously, in terms of get the deal so, that's more advantageous for them. So, Congressman, let's jump in here. I know I know that uh, FreedomWorks is also uh, very concerned about this. They put out a statement over the weekend. Uh, they are, are still waiting on this fiscal commission that Speaker Johnson promised when he took over in, in October. And again, 
I understand the speaker's new to the job, but the clock is ticking here, and now is not the time to play nice and wave the, the surrender flag. You've got to stand your ground, and I get it. It's a steep learning curve, but you got the gavel. you got to lead us. Well, the proof in the assessment of the deal will be this, Todd. It'll be overwhelmingly supported by Democrats. Chuck Schumer is trumpeting it. Uh, he's excited about it. Hakeem Jeffries is excited about it because it keeps the policies in place that Democrats had in place. Essentially, that's there's no change yet on policy. And then secondly, it increases the spending levels, even modestly, $20 billion, which isn't huge in terms of $1.6 trillion, but we ought to be going aggressively and boldly in the other direction, not increasing. Uh, so you're, you're certainly right. It is time for Republicans to show leadership, for Republicans to show resolve. It's having the House majority should count for something. The House is the more powerful of the two legislative bodies because a simple one-vote majority can advance legislation where in the Senate it takes 60. In the last you and I checked, there was only 51 senators and for the Democrats over in the Senate. And so they need nine Republican votes. We don't need any Democrat votes to uh, shut things down or, or pass our legislation or do whatever we want to do in the House. We can do it with purely Republican votes. And so the spending levels and the policy initiatives ought to reflect the Republican majority. So, so Congressman, um, when it comes to Speaker Johnson, when I, when I see what he is doing and how he is leading, I, I really don't see that much difference between what he's doing and what Kevin McCarthy did that resulted in Kevin McCarthy getting booted. Is that a fair assessment? It would be a fair assessment to say there's not a significant uh, difference uh, thus far in the results achieved. There's some modest differences. There's a modest, significant in, in, in symbolically in the sense that uh, – the, the Israel supplemental was significant to require that to be a standalone, to be paid for, and not to allow it to be attached to Ukraine and everything else for you know, $100 billion had nothing to do with Israel. That is significant. He has stood his ground on that. Uh, he, has claimed, he has said that he's going to stand the ground on H.R. 2 being our policy for the border. So far, he has not wavered from that. Now, we would, li- we would like to see, my uh, Freedom Caucus colleagues, my conservative colleagues and I, that we utilize the spending to enforce border security. And frankly, what I would like to see us do is we say, we're not going to fund this government that's facilitating the border invasion. I went for my sixth border trip last week and was there to see it worse than it's ever been. But that we would only fund national security, national defense, you know, the safety and security of the American people until the border is secure. And we essentially shut the house down until the president and Schumer pass into law and sign into law HR2, the border security provision that the House measured, the House passed, and then begin to implement and to demonstrate that they are willing to secure the border. That's what I, I think we ought to use the spending as leverage to accomplish it. It takes resolve, it takes courage, it takes stamina, it takes fight that we've not demonstrated before. And in fairness to Speaker Johnson, the House majority hasn't shown a willingness you know, for every member to stand together, which is what we need to do that. Some are afraid to do that and and tell them they, they can't suffer any time any kind of a government shutdown, no matter how partial, no matter how temporary, no matter for what purpose it is to be achieved. Now, that said, uh, Speaker Johnson has been the speaker now uh, for a little over uh, two months, about two and a half months now. And so uh, he did inherit a very difficult situation, a very narrow majority and behind the eight ball. And that's the reason why we have a new speaker. 
but it is time to show resolve and to show fight and to show courage and to lead, cast a vision and lead. And, you know, if the country saw the speaker in the Republican conference saying, you know what, we're not going to continue to bankrupt the country. We're not going to continue to fund a government that has an open border, an administration that's purposely purposely allowing or helping illegal aliens to invade our country thousands by the day. Uh, the American people would say, gosh, somebody's finally fighting for us. And that would be a rallying point uh, behind him, behind the Republican conference, behind the House majority. That but he hasn't done that. What they said they would do. Yes. But he hasn't done that yet, has he? That has not happened. That and has not happened yet. So is it, and, is it, fair, it, is it fair to say that that the, the Freedom Caucus is currently at odds with the with the speaker? Well, I wouldn't say on a personal level. It wasn't personal with the previous speaker. It's not personal with this speaker, but it's performance-based. And I have told right. the speaker no, publicly, and private, publicly and privately, I've told the speaker, uh, when you're doing the right things and you're leading as you should lead and you're fighting, we will be your biggest cheerleaders, your biggest allies, your biggest advocates. Uh, we will be in that foxhole with you and we will show the resolve that's needed. Uh, but when we're off course and when we're falling short and we're missing the mark and we're letting down the American people and we're repeating the failures of the past, we are going to be your biggest critics. And unfortunately, we're criticizing yet another spending deal that will be supported by predominantly Democrat votes if it goes forward in the way that it's been described so far. And does the Freedom Caucus finally, I've got about 45 seconds here, do you guys have the votes necessary to stop this? I don't think we'll be able to stop it because uh, now we're going to unless we can persuade the American people and the members to change their views on it, because I fear it'll be it'll be passed under what's called suspension of the rules uh, so that we can't block it procedurally on the floor by blocking a rule vote uh, that Democrats will join with Republicans to give the majority major, the margin that's needed. It'll need a two thirds majority to move forward. And I suspect that's what will happen. All right. Well, a very important information. And uh, Congressman, we really appreciate the great work you guys are doing over in the Freedom Caucus. Uh, Congressman Bob Good, ladies and gentlemen, from Virginia's 5th Congressional District. Congressman, thank you again. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, there you have it. Um, he he said a lot there uh, to say this, that they are at odds with the Speaker of the House. And there's a lot of frustration among conservatives with Speaker Johnson right now. Uh, the communication effort from the Speaker's office is pitiful. Uh, it's just flat-out pitiful. And uh, the Speaker has been cut off from a lot of his uh, conservative-leaning colleagues and others who are giving him good counsel and advice. And it looks as though we are looking at a, a weakened-down version of a McCarthy speakership right now. Very unfortunate what's happening. Uh, and and I know that's it's, it's disappointing, and I am clearly disappointed. Uh, but still, we have a responsibility to call our elected leaders and tell them to put a stop to this out-of-control spending. We do not have the money to get monkeys high on meth. We just don't have the money. If we had cash in the bank, okay, we could have that conversation. I don't think it's a good thing to get anybody hooked on meth, especially if you've watched Planet of the Apes. It's just a bad thing. Ill-advised. But we don't have the money. All right, got to take a break. We're going to the phones. 901-260-5926 is our number. That's 901-260-5926. May I tell you about Newsmax Plus? You are going to love this. I got a subscription. It's great. Uh, Newsmax Plus, you're going to get the best shows. Rob Schmidt, Eric Balding, Greta Van Susteren. 
It's the all-new streaming service from our friends at Newsmax. You're going to get lots of movies and documentaries. You name it. Uh, over 180,000 people already subscribing. You can watch Newsmax Plus on your home TV or your phone app. And Newsmax Plus is the only streaming service to give you all Donald Trump rallies. So get Newsmax Plus now. It is absolutely free to start. That's NewsmaxPlus.com, NewsmaxPlus.com. Welcome back uh, to the to the show. By the way, this just happened. Uh, President Biden speaking at Mother Emanuel Church. That's where uh, Dylan Roof uh, killed um, all those uh, those black parishioners uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, here's what happened. Without the truth, there's no light. Without light, there's no path from this darkness. That's all right. 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 I understand their passion, and I've been quietly working. I've been quietly working with the Israeli government okay, to get we'll them be right to back. reduce and significantly get. Right to the phones here in a second. Um, Dylan, do we have that video or the audio from uh, from Biden? Did I send you the second? Uh, all right, let's play. This is this is Joe Biden talking about the George Floyd rights. Again, Biden is giving a speech at Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina. It is an ugly scene. Uh, and the stuff spewing out of this man's mouth is just is demonic and Hitler-esque. But he's talking about the George Floyd protests. Let's listen. After the historic movement for justice in the summer of 2020, I signed the most significant police reform executive order in history. So he is celebrating that. And keep in mind, he just gave a speech a few days ago where he called what happened on J6. He likened it to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, right? But understand what really happened during those riots. More than two billion, billion with a B, billion, more than two billion dollars in damage. Over 164 buildings were burned to the ground just in Minneapolis. And this is according to the FBI and the ATF. 
More than 25 people were killed across the country. Hundreds of people were injured. And not a single person's in jail serving a hard time for that. You've got people that will probably spend the rest of their lives in prison because they walked into the front doors of the U.S. Capitol building. But you've got people who were murdering folks. They were out there burning down buildings. And again, this is not Todd Starnes. This is not conjecture. This is the facts. This is what we're dealing with. 901-260-5926 is our number. That's 901-260-5926. But nobody ever has been held accountable for this. Nobody's been held responsible. Nobody went over there and even apologized. Hey, look, sorry, I know you I know you have a a wonderful hair weave shop. And it's been great for the local community and for the business community and the revenue and the taxes, but we had to burn it down because we're making a statement. Never heard anybody apologize. Not even an apology. I mean, that's really pathetic. But again, this is why this is why facts matter. And that's why we deal with facts. We dabble in facts here on this radio program. Not to mention what happened in Washington, D.C., where you had the the mob, the violent mob, the domestic terrorist who tried to storm the White House and drag our great president, Donald John Trump, out of the White House. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about the the attack on the White House or the attack on the Secret Service agents. Nobody wants to talk about that. Oh, but they'll talk about what happened on J6. By the way, this was the actual headline from the New York Times from that day. Protest near White House. Spiral out of control. You might remember this was all part of the George Floyd, the great movement that Joe Biden just talked about. Where they tried to burn down St. John's Church. Fires were literally lit. They tried to burn down St. John's Church. This was the Church of the Presidents. Firefighters saved the building causing all sorts of damages, historic building. They damaged and desecrated Lafayette Square. Nobody wants to talk about that. They, they, they don't want to talk about it anymore, folks. Meanwhile, you had dozens of Secret Service agents who were injured, some of them seriously injured. But nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody. Nobody. But now we're turning J6 into one of the worst moments in American history. I would contend that what happened in the aftermath of the George Floyd uh, riots was the worst moment in one of the worst moments in American history. And by the way, nobody wants to talk about the fact about the true cause of death of George Floyd, and it had nothing to do with the foot on the neck. Not, I'm not justifying that. I, my question was, did this, did this go along with per, police procedure? If the answer is yes, Okay, if not, we got a problem. But that's not why he died, and we know that because of the autopsies. But nobody wants to talk about that because the truth doesn't matter. You see, Joe Biden has his own demented, dementia-rattled fog of a truth. That is his truth. Oh, by the way, did you notice Jill Biden? You know, they've had a problem with Joe getting lost on stage. He walks onto the steps, and he gets lost. So now Jill Biden... Mrs. Dr. First Lady has now become a nursemaid, and she is literally escorting her husband onto the stage. She will come back after the speech and escort him off of the stage. Is that, 
Could you imagine if Melania Trump was doing that during Trump's years in office? I mean, come on. Oh, by the way, Jim Clyburn, who is with Biden down in South Carolina, says he's got a big problem, very concerned about Biden's reelection, uh, especially among black voters. Cut five. How worried are you about black voters showing up for President Biden in November? Well, I'm not worried. I'm very concerned. And I have sat down with President Biden. I don't know. I saw those reports. I've also seen at least one report indicating that I have sat down uh, with President Biden, and I did uh, with him. uh, And I've uh, told him what my concerns are. I have no problem with the Biden administration and what it has done. My problem is that we have not been able to break through uh, that MAGA wall in order to get to people exactly what this president has done. So Clyburn gets it. Uh, He sees that black voters are completely disgusted and disenfranchised with the Democrats, and they're looking for something else. I mean, he sees what's happening on Chicago's South Side right now with the illegal aliens moving in and the black voters getting disenfranchised. And he is he says he's concerned. He's worried. And they better be worried because Donald Trump is attracting more and more minority voters. Honestly, what Donald Trump needs to be doing after Iowa, he needs to be going into neighborhoods that Republicans don't normally go to places like Chicago's South Side, places like Detroit, places like Atlanta. Places like Memphis, Tennessee, hold a rally in Whitehaven, Mrs. Uh, in Whitehaven, Tennessee, Mister Mister President, and bring that message to the black voters, and say you've been wronged, you've been screwed, you've been hosed, whatever language you want to use by the Democrats, and Donald Trump says that he is going to to stand up and he is going to defend black voters. You watch what happens. I mean, the polling data is not, I don't think that polling data is too far off base here. All right, we've got to take a quick break. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, welcome back to the Todd Stern's Radio Show. Good to have you with us today. Now, this is fascinating. Uh, Joe Biden just talked about how he doesn't erase history. He's all about celebrating history. That's what he just said over uh, in South Carolina, which is uh, laughable because the Biden administration just announced they are going to be removing a statue of William Penn from a park in Pennsylvania there in Philadelphia. Uh, it, the William Penn statue is at his home. The park is on the site of his original home in Philadelphia. And according to the Interior Secretary, uh, they're going to be removing the statue of William Penn. And instead, uh, they're going to rehabilitate the site and turn it into a celebration of Native American history in Philadelphia. The plan, according to the post-millennial, was developed in consultation with a number of indigenous tribes in the area. They say the statue of Penn and the model of his original home will not be will be removed and will not be reinstalled. So I know this is shocking to a lot of people. But Todd, they just said they were going to tear down the Confederate statues. What's going on here? I tried to warn you, America, 
Back in 2019, the book came out, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. I tried to tell you at the time that there was an effort afoot to literally destroy our history. And I'm going to say this again, and I, I, I don't mean to be an alarmist here, but I'm just going to – I try to speak the truth to the culture. If you are a white person, you need to listen up very closely because your days are numbered in America. Every And I made a joke about this in, uh, in Culture Shiata, just as it was a, a satirical chapter. But I said there was going to come a day when anything made by a white person would be banned, would be outlawed. The, the, the fruit of the forbidden tree, if you will. And so, again, if you have an ancestor who was, let's say, who served in the Civil War, that means that you are t- your blood is now tainted. And therefore, you can't be a, a true citizen of America. And people think, oh, that, that, that's just silly. Well, of course it was silly. It was parody. But apparently, parody is becoming a reality in America. You know, here in Memphis, Tennessee, they're talking about renaming Audubon Park because they, they say Audubon was a racist. So anyway, don't be surprised if everything that's been created by white people is somehow outlawed or destroyed because that's where all of this is going. As a matter of fact, I have a theory about where this ultimately is going because, again, we're raising up a generation through critical race theory, and really it's not critical race theory anymore. They're calling it diversity, equity, and inclusion. So diversity, equity, inclusion is this philosophy. Uh, You have the oppressors and you have the oppressed. White people are the oppressors. Black people are the oppressed. It's very offensive stuff. But this is what the, the reality of it is. And here's what I find is crazy about all of this. And, and I, I'm not willing to go down. I won't explain why I'm doing this because it would really set some people off. And I don't think you're ready to hear where I think all of this is going. But let's just imagine what 20 years of 20 years of teaching little boys and little girls from kindergarten that white people are evil and white people, if they're put in charge, do evil things. 20 years of that kind of teaching over and over and over and over again into the minds of a child. What do you think that's going to do to that child? What do you think that's going to have? What kind of an impact do you think that is going to have on the innocent mind of a black child in America? They're going to be taught to hate white people with a passion. And they're going to be taught to be fearful of white people that if they get anywhere near any sort of area of power, that they might do horrible things. I mean, if you are being taught that in your school and through the schooling process for your for years, for decades, all I'm telling you is, you know what I've been doing? I've been learning how to pick cotton in my backyard. Just to be careful. Just to be ready. Because I don't know, the day may come when they say, Todd, you're a white guy, you can't own a radio station. Todd, you're a white guy. You won't be able to be broadcasting on the um, on the radio anymore. Todd, you're a white guy. You can't write books anymore. Todd, you can still go to the movie theater, but you're a white guy, so you got to sit up in the balcony. Todd, you can't you can't drink from that water fountain. Todd, you got to go around back. You do, do you see where all of this is going, ladies and gentlemen? Do you see the kind of country that the evil critical race theorist and the Marxist 
and the Leninist want for our nation. Do you see how dangerous this could be? So, yeah, I'm learning how to do basic gardening skills. I could end up spending my retirement years in the fields picking cotton. Maybe that could, I don't know. No, no, I'm not joking, Dylan. I, this is, this is, I'm just trying to extrapolate what's the end game here. Because the end game is not peace and harmony and MLKs judging people by the content of the character, not the color of their skin. I'm just trying to understand. You have to understand what's the end game here because it's not unity. And it's really not disunity. It's turning a demographic of people against another demographic of people. And and, and it, we're heading down a very dangerous path as a country. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's go to the phones here. 901-260-5926. Let's go to Tom in Georgia listening to us on the great WRWH. Hi, Tom. What's going on? Hi, Todd. Um, I just wanted to make a comment, but I just first of all want to say I appreciate you and and uh, a lot of information that you give to us off of the uh, radio station here. But uh, what I want to talk about is when we go to vote, Okay, I know it's a few months away, but when we go to vote in November, we aren't uh, to just to go and, and push the ballot of the president, whether who, whoever may be on the Republican side. Uh, we need to also look at the Senate and the congressmen. And a lot of times we just simply push the, you know, one button or two buttons, someone else we may like, and we forget about all the others. And I think if we do that and we end up winning the House and Senate both, it will not only give us power, but it will also get rid of some of these old rhinos on the Democratic Party. Because they are going to be in disgust, be disgusted and just give up probably and finally retire. Tom, I will say this. I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, those those congressional races are just as, if not more important than the than who we vote for the White House. Um, and to your point, we, and we'll we'll do a good job of this on the radio show as we get closer to Election Day. But to your point, we are going to have to really get out there and show people who the true Republicans are and um, who the rhinos are. And we will. I can promise you this, Tom. We're going to call them out so people will be able to know. And they'll be able to go into the voting the ballot box with their eyes wide open. And here's the reason why. And Tom, thank you for that. I um I have some firsthand knowledge of this, where you got Republicans out there and they talk a good talk. As a matter of fact, I'm I I've I've heard stories of a Republican, a conservative, who was told uh, they were um, running for um, for a position of leadership in the Republican Party, and this individual was told they had the backing of party leadership. And then all of a sudden, at the last minute, a private vote was held, and guess what happened? Knives came out. Knives came out. Now, I just have a question for you. What kind of a Republican leader would go out there and tell a young Republican, a conservative, I got your back, only to turn around and not have that individual's back when it became a secret ballot? Hmm. What do you call that kind of a person? What do you call those kinds of Republicans who embrace the conservatives all the while 
stabbing in stabbing them in the back with a knife. And trust me when I say this, it's not just on the national level it's happening. It's not just happening on the state level. And it's not ha- just happening on the local level. It's happening all over the place. It's happening. No, I'm not naming names. I'm not even giving you a look. I'm just saying I've heard through the grapevine. I've been very busy with the book and other things. I haven't been that involved in in, um, in in Republican politics over the past month or so. But I am telling you this, that we call those people snakes. We call that devious. It's not how Republicans are supposed to behave. That's how the Democrats behave. But I don't like snakes. I don't like devious people. And a day will come when we do call these people out by name. And that will not be a pretty day, my friend. I can promise you that. It's pretty despicable if you ask me what some of these Republicans, so-called Republicans, are doing out there. All right, got to take a break. This is the Todd Stern Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starks. Oh, yeah. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Hour 3 of the Big Show. Good to have you with us today. A little under the weather, so uh, my apologies, uh, but uh, we're just honored that you are here And uh, write down our telephone number. You will need this if you want to call into the program today, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. And, of course, we want to welcome all of our Newsmax viewers this hour of the show as we simulcast the radio program on Newsmax 2. Well, a lot going on. I, I, I want to get to the phones. Poor John from Kentucky has been holding on for a while. And, uh, John, good to have you with us. I know you want to weigh in on what's happening down in Texas right now. So what's on your mind? First of all, Todd, I pray to the Lord our God that you'll have a speedy recovery. I know you get uh, great replacement hosts, but you know what? There's no, you know what? There is no replacing the original Todd Starnes. Well, you are kind to say that, sir. We love you, man. We really do as brothers in Christ. Thank you. But anyhow, um, question I have is, and I know you know this, well, just call screener. You know, in the state constitution of Texas, Tennessee, even in California, they have something called the state defense forces. Now, Texas has an exceptionally large contingent of uh, state defense forces, which is the military arm of the government, which this president cannot touch with a 10-foot pole. They're well-armed, and they work directly with the Army National Guard. Now, Governor Abbott has activated them a couple of times, I need, and I even read the history of the Tennessee State Guard, which is also a very honorable organization. But if the president continues to do so, he can actually, I would think, that Governor Abbott can actually deputize or activate the Texas State National State Guard and to go down there and put those items back, put those uh, fences back up, because I know that they are well-armed, they are well-trained, and a lot of them consist of military veterans and military combat veterans. They have their own chaplain's corps. They have their own engineers. They have everything else. And that includes what you have 
in this great state of Tennessee, the volunteer state. And I was just wondering why the governor has a, even Maryland, a liberal Maryland, liberal California has their own. But I'll just hang up and listen for your uh, for your comments. And uh, again, Todd, great show. And again, speedy recovery. Godspeed, my friend. Well, you're kind to say that, John. Thank you. Um, and uh, just, folks, a little touch of the uh, whatever the flu bug going around. Um, I-, I will say this. If if the federal government is not going to step up to the plate and they are not going to enforce Article 4, Section 4, as they are required by the Constitution to do, if they're not going to do that, then the, the state has a responsibility to step in and say, we will protect our people from the invading force, whoever that invading force may be. But there's another issue here. And the other issue, ladies and gentlemen, is that you have government agents, federal agents, in the, the Lone Star State, and they are literally cutting down the razor wire and all the other defense mechanisms that have been put in place to stop the invasion. So it seems to me that we have another issue here. And it seems to me that Governor Greg Abbott ought to order the arrest of every federal agent who was responsible. In other words, if you've got if you've got government forces down there and they are actively doing things to uh, encourage the invasion of the country, then ladies and gentlemen, I say arrest those agents and charge them with crimes. You say, Todd, that might call that might create a constitutional crisis. Well, then let's have that crisis. That is a crisis worth having, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot have a federal government allowing states to be invaded. We just can't. We can't. We can't allow that to happen. So the question now is: Will Greg Abbott actually step up to the plate, and will he have those federal agents arrested? I hope he does. All right, our telephone number is nine zero one. Two six zero five nine two six. That's nine zero one two six zero five nine two six. Just a few moments ago, I want to play some audio here. Joe Biden giving a speech in South Carolina, Mother Emanuel Church, and here's what happened. Without the truth, there's no light. Without light, there's no path from this darkness. That's all right. 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 understand their passion and I've been quietly working I've been quietly working with the Israeli government to get them to reduce and significantly get out 
from Gaza. All right. So there you go, folks. That just happened at Mother Emanuel Church a little while ago in South Carolina. Now, what I find fascinating here is how long the disruption happened. Why didn't the Secret Service intervene? Why didn't anybody intervene? I mean, this is bonkers, absolutely insane what's happening there. But they they let the disruption continue. I mean, normally they're pretty quick to pounce on those people and uh, drag them out of the church building. But there you go. All right, um, our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. We've got more on the Secretary of Defense. A lot of people say that guy ought to be fired along with his entire executive staff. What say you? We will be right back. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to all of our Newsmax viewers as well across this great nation. By the way, our telephone number, if you would like to weigh in, 901-260-5926. We'll be getting to your calls momentarily. Well, I'm very excited to bring on um, another great American patriot on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. He represents the 8th Congressional District in Tennessee, and he happens to be my congressman, Congressman David Kostov. Congressman, hope you're doing well today. Hey, Todd. Thank you very much. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for having me on. So, Congressman, you made a little bit of news last week when you came out and uh, you announced who you will be supporting and who you are going to be uh, endorsing in the 2024 presidential primary. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners who that individual is? Yeah, no, so I I was proud and am proud to endorse President Trump for election or for re-election in this in this election, and you know it, it's it's not a difficult decision. Uh, if I can, we'll go back go backwards for a moment. We know about President Trump's track record during his four years in office. We know that for a lot of people listening, Todd, it was the strongest economy that they've ever had in their lifetime, and it and it doesn't matter what their age is. We were safe and secure. As a nation, um, you know, I have no doubt that if President Trump were were president two years ago, uh, that Putin would have would not have invaded Ukraine, for example. It just wouldn't have happened under his watch. I look at these last three years since Biden has been in office, particularly the the crisis at the southern border, which I think will be the predominant issue in in twenty twenty four. The skyrocketing in inflation, just the just the cost of living. Everybody knows how expensive it is to to exist today and to and to feed their family. The rise in crime across our our cities, especially across our big cities, and the the violence across the world, especially against our greatest ally in the Middle East, Israel. So we need leadership. We need strong leadership, and that's why I'm backing. President Trump for election in November. Uh, it's really remarkable when when you see the numbers out there, uh, Congressman, and it seems as though uh, the Republican voters are certainly making their opinion known in, in landslide numbers. We'll, of course, see what that shakes out to be uh, in, in the Iowa caucus next week and then uh, quickly followed by, by New Hampshire. Um, my, my question to you as a Republican, do you see the the entire party coalescing around Donald Trump we don't need a lot of Liz Cheney's out there saying the guy doesn't even deserve right. to be on the ballot. Right. Well, I do. I do think so. And, you know, 
I look back at some of our other nominees, and I saw this quote one time. Uh, was comparing President Trump to Mitt Romney when he was the nominee, and they they polled people, and they and the and the people said about Romney that they thought that uh, Romney was fighting for their bosses, but they look at Trump, and they look at Trump as fighting for them. And I I think that every Republican office holder can take that and put that, put it that in their back pocket. That that's why. Donald Trump is the is the strongest nominee for us. He is the Republican that can beat Joe Biden in November. And you look at you look at all these states. I mean, you, I think you just referenced the the uh, primary and the caucus early states where President Trump has really really strong leads in all these states, including South Carolina and Florida, where where there are his competition is from he, he leads in in those states but then you look at polling for November on the general election ballot in states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, th- th- those states that uh, that are now considered swing or purple states in the presidential election and president Trump leads in in those states. So you know to me it comes down to this I don't think we can take another four years of, of Biden. In fact, I, I know we can't. We've in the House of Representatives, where we have the majority, we've been the firewall, Todd. So we've stopped a lot of crazy stuff from happening, like ha- happened over the last two years when Biden had the White House, Schumer and his uh, cronies controlled the Senate, and Pelosi controlled the, the House. We stopped that, but ne- we've got to go on offense. And in order to do that, we need President Trump in the White House. We need a majority-led United States Senate, and we need to keep the majority in the United States House of Representatives. You know, Congressman, um, I know the crime issue is significant for you. It has to be. Uh, you represent a chunk of the, one of the most dangerous cities in America, and it's a it's a very horrible distinction for, for our great city, one of the greatest cities in America. But unfortunately, we've really been hit hard. There was a headline that just came across my desk a 14-year-old facing nearly 50 charges uh, for carjacking and other crimes. I mean, it's just out of control here. And a lot of this can actually trace right back to the policies of these radical Democrats. It is. So, you know, you've got that on the local and the state level. You've also got the Department of Justice. And I've been, I've been a former United States attorney or was a United States attorney 15-plus years ago. Uh, at the at the federal level, at the Department of Justice level, the Attorney General, through his U.S. attorneys or his her U.S. attorneys, can focus them on prosecuting violent crime at the federal level, which which may have the same or concurrent jurisdiction as state and local prosecutors. And again, Todd, I think all that comes down from the President of the United States, who that person is, what their attitude is to prosecuting violent criminals of all ages and uh, imploring and empowering their federal prosecutors and uh, and law enforcement agencies from from going after the the bad guys. You do have a – you pointed this out. I mean you've got a number of Judge uh, George Soros-backed district attorneys in big cities across the country, including uh, in our city – and we've seen what that philosophy does. If if the bad guys don't fear any any uh, consequences for their for their actions, 
they're going to keep committing these crimes, carjackings, robberies, violent crimes, and we've got to put a stop to it. I think at the federal level, electing President Trump will, will do that because he'll, he'll uh, appoint and nominate good, strong United States attorneys who will, uh, who will go after these, uh, these violent criminals at the local and state level. Absolutely agree with that. Uh, Congressman David Kostoff from Tennessee on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today. And Congressman, of course, the breaking news over the weekend, uh, we learned that the Defense Secretary has been in the hospital since January 1st in ICU for at least four or five days, and we certainly wish him a speedy recovery. But the the headline is the Biden that President Biden was not informed. No one in the White House was informed. How big of a deal is this, Congressman? Well, it's a it's a big deal, and you know, even as you and I are talking, we're you know, you try to pierce these uh, these statements, and it seems like they're contradictory. The not only the fact that that the guy who who really controls the, some of the nuclear codes and and all the information that. Uh, he would pass along to the to the president of the United States was out of pocket, and so is his, his number two. The White House didn't know about it, and uh, the initial statements were that there was a complication with Secretary Austin from some elective procedure that he had earlier in the week or the or the week before. Now, uh, before I came on, if I read this correctly, uh, he complained of chest pains the Secretary of Defense, and was transported by ambulance. So those are two different statements that are coming out. So we need to know the the truth, and the public needs to know, but especially the president and everybody who is around who needs to know information that's happening about the bad guys around the world so that uh, the information can be properly processed, and if decisions have to be made, they can be made. They cannot be made when the Secretary of Defense is in the intensive care unit. Well said. Congressman, we are flat out of time, and so a lot a lot of ground we covered. Really appreciate uh, all the great work you're doing. Still proud to call you my congressman. You're doing a great job, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day, Congressman. Real good. Thank you, Todd, very much. All right, Congressman David Kostoff, there with the breaking news that apparently Austin was transported by hospital by in- to the hospital by ambulance. That doesn't sound like an elective procedure to me, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. That disappearing act pulled by Lloyd Austin. His cabinet posted really should be costing a serious offense. He heads up our defense His hospitalization, no one knew it Secret surgery, secret surgery Secretary Austin, fired he should be A lot of Pete Lloyd Austin has been taken Since like a verse This is the excuse that Lloyd is making Says if he informed Joe Joe would still not know Biden would have said Who are you again? Secret surgery Secret 
surgery of our code of conduct. Lloyd's made a mockery. All right. Well, thank you very much for <laughs> Jim Gossett for for that little ditty today. Uh, wow. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. If you missed the interview we just did with Congressman David Kostoff out of Tennessee, uh, the breaking news now is that uh, that Lloyd Austin was was sent to the hospital in an ambulance. Uh, so very disturbing information. It's getting a lot of mixed messages coming out of Capitol Hill right now, and a lot of people saying Lloyd Austin and his executive team, the entire executive team, need to be fired. All right, let's go to the phones here. Uh, Daryl in Pittsburgh watching us on Newsmax 2. Daryl, hope you're doing well. What's on your mind? Well, I, I just watched your uh, broadcast there, and you had on there about them Texas and them have a, a self-defense mechanism in, in their government. Yes, that's right. So I, I got a better idea. If Texas wants to close it, why don't they put the call out and see how many people will come down and back them? and just end this border stuff. Yeah, look, I, I think that's a good idea. I, But the problem is, you know, we can't just have massive uh, massive crowds of people just showing up at the border. Um, nobody's prepared. Nobody's been trained, properly vetted. Um, I, I still think that there is an opportunity here for the National Guard to get involved and for Abbott to call out the National Guard and arrest any federal agent who's cutting down those those wire fences. I mean, it really is that simple to me, uh, Daryl. I appreciate that call and that thought. Uh, let's go to Gainesville, Georgia. Jeff is listening to us on WDUN, our great affiliate there. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind? Uh, yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. I have two areas of concern, and I listened to both the congressmen's um, interviews today, and I would have to quote Albert Einstein in the definition of insanity. We keep voting for Republicans. We keep putting them in power. And uh, just as the, the last congressman said, we need Trump to get the presidency. We need uh, Senate control, uh, Republicans to have that, as well as the House. Yet the only time the Republicans unite is when they go against Trump. They keep asking for a vote, yet they let us down time after time after time. And so I have a lot of concern with that, that the same thing will just be a repeat of Trump's first uh, administration when we have control of Congress for two years. No, no, you know, headway was made whatsoever. Yeah, my my other concern. Well, let's is, let's address your first concern here, Jeff, because that's look; these are valid concerns, and and I've expressed that frustration on on the radio program, and, and you've got a fair point. I'm beginning to wonder if this is a genetic condition among Republicans that they they're not used to being in 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 control, and so therefore they're 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 more comfortable either being in the minority or fighting. And again, you know, we're coming up on the election in November. Here we are in January. It'll be mid-January next week. And nobody's been impeached. Nobody's been punished. They've been investigating till the cows come home. So the work of the American people is not getting done. Tax money's getting squandered. And as we just heard earlier in the program from the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, your conservative speaker of the House who loves God and has a honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker on his truck, is actually going to surrender to the Democrats on the spending bill. Yes, sir. And, and that's a concern I have. Uh, there's a gentleman, former Navy SEAL, Sean Ryan, has a show on YouTube 
where he interviewed Tim Parlator, who just recently resigned from the Trump legal team. And during this interview, Tim Parlator explains that the, the case is not looking good for Trump. And the D.C. case especially is not looking good for Trump. And so he resigned from Trump's legal team. And he explains further in this, it's not looking good for Trump to be con- uh, the chances of him being convicted prior to the election. And so I'm sorry, who is this? Who is this world famous YouTube star that made this shocking announcement? No, no. So the, the, the YouTube, the interviewer's name is Sean Ryan. He's a former Navy SEAL. He interviewed Tim Parlator, who's on Trump's legal team. He just recently resigned from Trump's legal team. He's also the one that handled. So what is your point? I, I get that. But what's, what's the point you're trying to make here, Jeff? So my concern is this also with the Republicans outside of Trump. I, I do not see a viable option. But Ramaswamy, Haley, DeSantis. So I have a lot of concern for the 24 election. I do not think there's going to be a red wave just like there was not in 22. I think the Republicans and American voters are very disenfranchised. We see what's happening to our country. We have very little representation. They ask so who vote. are you voting for? Who are you planning on t- to vote for uh, in 2024? At, at this point, uh, Trump. Definitely Donald Trump. I voted for him twice before, and I intend as well again. If he's ineligible or due to the conviction of the D.C. case, if that does follow through, based upon his own attorney's statement, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of concern for that. Well, Jeff, I... Have you, seen, have you seen that interview? No, why? No, Jeff, I have not. That's why I, I just told you I had not seen the interview. Yes, sir. Okay, thanks for the call, Jeff. I Look, I you can have attorneys on YouTube shows till the cows come home. I've got to stop using that phrase today. It's been overused. But the reality of it is this. I don't care about those attorneys. I care about the ones that are representing Donald Trump. That's all. I mean, there and and Trump needs good, solid legal representation. No doubt about that. But again, if Trump's the guy, then we get behind him. If he gets convicted, we deal with that down the road. But the reality of it is this, and, and I want to be very clear here, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump is the best choice for 2024. It's You think it's going to be Ron DeSantis? I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, got to take a break here. Our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. Explain what you're hearing here, folks. Uh, these are commuters in Brooklyn and uh, the Bronx, New York, and the pro-Hamas mobs uh, went into the town uh, today, New York City, and they blocked every single bridge, every single tunnel, tunnel into and out of the city, and it caused massive chaos. We're talking about tens of thousands of commuters who were stuck as these pro-Hamas goon squads blocked all the roads. And it, you heard a very angry gentleman there, 
And I'm surprised the language, I, Dylan, I thought you might have to bleep about 50 seconds of that. Uh, but uh, the reality is, you don't want to mess with those people. From Brooklyn and the Bronx, they will run you over. And by the way, it is a federal crime to block an interstate or a highway. That is a crime. So why are we not arresting these people? And why are we not deporting them to Gaza where they belong? All right, uh, let's go to the phones here. Let's go to California. John, watching us today, wants to weigh in on the Secretary of Defense. Hi, John, what you got for us? Oh, oh yeah, I was, when I heard that, I said, if that was Trump's defense secretary, they would have been so oh. livid that they would have jumped through uh, 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 hoops and everything and saying, oh, he should be fired. I uh, I don't say, oh, Austin shouldn't be fired because he did, they didn't, didn't let anybody know. Even old Biden didn't even know what, what that he was in the hospital or whatever. He said he went in for a minor procedure, and here he was actually in the hospital and stuff. That's stupid. So you go in for a minor procedure on December 22nd. You're rushed to the hospital on January 1st in excruciating pain, and uh, Congressman Kostov told us it was chest pain, and you're in ICU for four or five days. I mean, this is not making any sense at all. How is it that Joe Biden is not in constant touch with his defense secretary when we are in the middle of hostilities? And his, and his assistant was on vacation. Did you hear that? The assistant yeah. was on vacation. That is correct, uh, John. You, you're a learned man, and it's it's bonkers. I will say this. There's a good chance that they were in touch with Barack Obama because that's the guy really running things. So I, I suspect that Obama knew about all of this. John, got to run. Appreciate that call. Let's go to OG in North Carolina listening to us on the talk station. Hi, what's on your mind today? Well, uh, Captain Todd, um, question. Do you think it is appropriate for Department of Homeland Security to ask volunteers to go to the Texas border on their own nickel Expenses, transportation, etc., with no guarantee or reimbursement to support border patrol efforts. Well, That's at, my question. at face value, that would not sound like a pretty uh, that would not sound like a good deal to ask for volunteers to do all that on their own time. That's exactly what took place two years ago. Uh, I I have no earthly idea what you're talking about. Well. So let's get to it. Tell volunteers, us what. T- yeah, tell us what's going on here. Well, I'm I'm reluctant to really lay it out because I was asked to do just that. Okay. And well, OG. Then if we can't talk about it, we can, we can't talk about it. But I appreciate the call. I mean, give us a, a holler back when you can talk about it. I guess. Uh, so thank you again. Uh, let's go to, to, to Rusty, folks. Again, I you know we want to have these conversations, folks. So let's get to the point and say what needs to be said. And we don't we don't talk and you know we just don't tease people. We want to get right to the heart of the matter. We want to try to get as many callers in as possible. All right, let's go to Greenville, Texas. Rusty on the line. Hi, Rusty. What say you? Hey, this this is a rogue government. This government has cut a deal with these countries. They're feeding the Catholic Church. They're feeding Good Samaritans purse. They've sold out this country. They're like they're on dope. All of them, Republicans, Democrats. This is a rogue government. Well, let me stop you. Let me stop you there for a second. Samaritan's Purse is not involved in what's happening in the border at all. Uh, Catholic Charities is. 
a number of Baptist organizations are, but Samaritan's Purse is not involved. They're not down there in Guatemala and those places feeding those people. Those no, the, people come up here for want, not need. They don't need nothing. They want something. Well, this and that's all well and good, but that has nothing to do with Samaritan's Purse. Uh, if you're condoning it, let's go. What about the Catholic Church? Rusty, all right, stop for a second, Rusty. Stop. There's a difference between Catholic charities and Franklin Graham's ministry, Samaritan's Purse, which travels to areas where there have been disasters where they help people. I got no problem with that. Catholic Charities, on the other hand, is literally bringing people across the border and they're bringing them into this country. So they are aiding and abetting in the invasion of our country. So, Rusty, I cannot allow you to throw Samaritan's Purse in with what's happening with Catholic Charities. Are they down there feeding these people? Rusty, I don't know. Rusty, I don't know. I, I cannot tell you, sir check into it so what is your point rusty what is your point there has to be a separation of the of the the government and church they're not they're marrying this together this country is owned by other countries and entities we are no longer the united states of america because the rogue government has sold us out I don't know what to tell you rusty i've just given you the facts which you have chosen to ignore uh, the facts are that Catholic Charities is deeply involved, as are the Baptist organizations in Texas, bringing people across our border. You're trying to convince me and tell me without any proof that Samaritan's Purse is going down into Guatemala and Ecuador and telling people to come to America. That's just not happening, sir, and that's why you can't bring the proof. So if you want to go and attack somebody, fine, you can attack Catholic Charities because the evidence is there. You want to attack the Baptists? Fine, the evidence is there. But you just can't willy-nilly go out there and attack people like that. We we just can't do that. Appreciate the call. Let's go to JP in, in Virginia. JP, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, Scott, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I'm watching you on Newsmax, too, right now. Well, great what's to have you with us. What's on my mind is the uh, comments about uh, Lloyd Austin and our senior leaders in the Defense Department. I was just curious if... Uh, Lloyd Austin went in for that minor procedure and is coming out on the tail end of uh, emergency uh, ICU with uh, new pronouns. He, we, they, them, and being as woke as he is, and just curious if he's got new pronouns and who's next of his general officers. I guess Billy McMillie may... uh, uh, he looks like his man boobs are starting to grow, so maybe he's going to do that too. JP, this is a fascinating theory. So you're saying that the Secretary of Defense may be a Z or a Zer or a or a they or a them now. You know, that could very well be, and but there's so well, many of those pronouns. Would be, I Who guess. am I to assign one? I, that, uh, he may pick his own. I've heard crazy. Look, I've heard crazier theories, JP. So I, you may be on to something there. I don't know. All right, JP. Thank you for the call. Well, yet, you, you know, it, who knows? Uh, let's go to Ivan in North. In, in, I'm sorry, Ivan, watching us uh, from Oregon today. Hi, Ivan. What's on your mind? Well, I'm talking about that, or want to talk about that uh, Seattle freeway thing. Shut it down, and the mayor was behind it all. Right. Well, the thing is that I-5 is a an interstate federal highway. 
why wasn't the feds involved in it? Because it was blocking uh, federal interstate uh, uh, commerce and all these other things. You know, uh, why why not go above the state level and get that thing straightened out? It's it's a great question, Ivan. Ultimately, the federal government's not going to get involved. If it were Trump supporters out there, America First conservatives, yeah, the feds would have arrested them. They would have been charged with insurrection, and they would have been thrown into jail. Uh, no doubt about it. But as we saw in the George Floyd riots, when $2 billion worth of, of buildings were burned to the ground, nobody went to jail. Nobody got punished. So one set of rules governing the leftist and their mobs and the other set of rules for America First conservatives. That, that's how that's how it goes. I appreciate that call. Here's the problem. What's going to happen is people are going to get sick and tired of their roads getting shut down. And you're going to have folks hit the gas and go through those protesters. And you know who I, bl- I blame? Nobody but Barack or Barack Obama, who is running the Biden administration. We'll blame Joe Biden, too. That's who I blame. All right. We got to scoot out of here, folks. Appreciate you guys being patient with the voice today. It's a little gravelly. We'll try it again tomorrow. In the meantime, you folks get out there and you be good, America. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.